Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. So you, this is uh, Transform to Freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Higdon. It's good to be back. You know, I was, um, last week was Memorial Day. So I hope y'all celebrated there. Um, obviously, I am a veteran. So I was, um, you know, taking the day to kind of reflect and uh, just be around friends and family and stuff like that. So, so I hope y'all did the same. Um, but I think... Thank you again. Um, we are back. Um, if you missed me, I was on Timcast for the second time last Thursday, which is always fun. Um, there's some stuff that I really wish, like the best parts of the show always seem to be in the in the members only section. So if you are a sus subscriber to Tim, go over and check out the members only section. I mean, we talked about some of the stuff that we, we we talked about the nuance of the trans community that in in a way that we don't see too often. And so it was just a really good conversation. It was the type of conversation that, you know, a lot of people don't get to see. It's the conversation that we, we need so often in our in our society right now, because me and Tim kind of, you know, I, I was able to make Tim kind of understand an area where he didn't, I don't want to say understand. Um, he didn't see the nuance that I see in some of these areas. And so by having this conversation, we were able to kind of see the way that the other person sees the world. And it, it was really beneficial. Um, plus there were some really just funny moments and, um, yeah, so definitely go check out, I mean, even, even if you don't have access to the behind the scenes content, go check out the episode on, that was uh, posted on Thursday. It's still like right now, it's the, uh, it's the last one that's on the IRL website because their Friday episode was taken down. So it's got a lot of viewership. So I'm excited about that. Plus, yes, we kicked off pride with that one, right? Um, if you see my new merch right? We're going to make the tea the transsexual again, because that is what we are doing here. Um, we are down with the transgender community, and um, we're, we're trying to go back to what we were. Transgender is the postmodern theory. Um, that's the umbrella term. And really, I, um, I mean, I'm like a lot of us. I'm done with this pride stuff. I'm done with it. That's the reason why I have a blacked out background today because I'm not showing any, I'm not shining lights today. I'm not shining any colors today. We're going to go black for the rest of pride month because well, I'm done with it. Um, and actually this is what I said on the show on Friday. So I have actually a quick video you can see month I, I am so done with pride even as somebody who's in the lgbt community because it's just so taken over it's taken over by the leftist um that want to destroy the country so we don't need a month we have every other day <laughs> it seems so yeah there's we don't that... need it and we don't need i mean representation is everywhere so what are we even celebrating or what I are think... we protesting you know what we need? we need we that's what I kind of said on Friday or on Thursday, but it, it's true. Like, it seems like there's a day, like every other day is something to do with the LGBT community. Like, and really, what are we protesting? I mean, originally it was a protest. We're not, we're not protesting anything. And then you see a video that came out today and I don't really feel comfortable pushing this video because it does show the faces of children and, and all that stuff on the episode today. But you can go onto my Twitter account and you can see where I uh, quote tweeted it from um, Libs of TikTok. But it's like teachers and people screaming, you know, happy Pride Day, happy Pride Day, happy Pride Day. And it's an elementary school. What does an elementary school have to do with Pride? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, kids that don't even understand what sexuality is, don't know their sexuality at this point, nor should they, are celebrating pride. Uh, so I posted, I mean, it's, it's become a religion at this point. They are celebrating 
Pride Month like it is a religious holiday at this point. Um, it's we need to get away from that. One sec. Okay, what do we got? So Courtney Conbor, thank you so much um, for the for the super chat. We can take. Can we take us asexual spectrum people out of this too? I was not asked for my permission to be included. Yes. Like this was one of my issues with the, uh, if you remember a couple years ago, and I did a video on this a couple years ago about the Blues Clues Pride Parade. And they talked about asexual pride. And I was like, wait a second though. This is a children's show, and you're talking about asexuality, which is literally talking about the physical act of sex to children, or the lack thereof, because it's asexual. And so why does asexuality need to be represented? I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't. So you're absolutely right. Um, so thank you for pointing that out. Um. But uh, before I actually get started, I do want to let you guys know I am announcing, and I don't have it pulled up. I meant to pull it up, but I will be at Freedom Fest this year. Um, this is the first um, announcement that I've made that I will actually be at Freedom Fest. So if you're not planning on going, um, it's, what is it? I think my panel is on the 15th. That's on Saturday. So I'm going to be doing a fireside chat with brad palumbo which if you don't know brad um him and my one of my best friends hannah cox um they run base politics i used to uh work with them a lot um and we're still good friends and so me and i'm, I'm super excited that me and brad are gonna have this chat um at freedom fest it's gonna be it's gonna be really good it's on saturday um so yeah go get your tickets there um but yeah also, I didn't really uh, prepare much for this because um, so the last hour, actually, it's been about, yeah, the last two hours, I have been busy. I literally just posted this article um, in the Post Millennial about, yeah, literally breaking within the last hour. Louisiana. Wait, is my my stuff might be so Louisiana for minors with a veto-proof majority, literally within the last two hours. So this is big news. I've been following this for a while. I've been working with people on the ground in Louisiana uh, to get this passed. Um, the governor is expected to veto it, but that's okay because. In the Senate, they required 26 votes in favor to that would be that would be to override the veto. So they voted 29 to 10. So obviously, the Senate has a veto-proof majority. In the House, they required 70 votes to override the veto, which they received 71. And so, no matter what the governor does in Louisiana, we get this bill passed. This bill has essentially already passed no matter what the governor does. And so it is a big day um, because we, we just we just protected kids in Louisiana. Now I want to read this the statement that now if well actually so go kind of go back to what happened with this bill too. This bill was originally dead. Um, so it passed the house and then it went to a Senate committee, the Senate Health Committee. Um, where one where the uh, basically the committee killed the bill, uh, but then they fought to have it like they they used some procedural changes to have it sent to the judici judiciary um, committee, and then it was uh, to to pass it in so that basically the floor would actually take a vote. So this bill was so important that they changed procedures and basically bypassed the committee that it had already overrided the basically killed the bill sent it to the floor and it passed overwhelmingly um and so the author of the bill 
Gabe Filment said, uh, told me earlier, um, thanks to the bipartisan support of the Louisiana State Senate, we are one step closer to protecting children in Louisiana from experimental, chemical, and surgical sex change procedures. HB 640 has passed both chambers of the state legislature with veto-proof majorities, and the people of Louisiana have made it clear that our children are worth fighting for. The passage of this important legislation would not have been possible without the help of the courageous detransitioners, which Chloe Cole did speak on behalf of this bill when it was in committee, um, brave Louisiana physicians and advocates and parents and grandparents across the great state. So, Again, this is just this is just big news for what um, you know I fight for, what I've been working on um, behind the scenes, and so I'm really proud of this bill. I'm proud of the people for getting it passed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it'll probably go, like I said, it will go to the governor's desk. He'll probably veto it, but then, um, and then we'll we'll move forward from there. Um, so yeah, but. So now we go on to our regularly scheduled program today. So what do I got here? We have... All right. So if you didn't know, the Daily Wire over the weekend was screening on Twitter. I mean, there was a lot of controversy with this because of the censorship issues and all of that stuff. But they were screening, what is a woman on Twitter? And as of the third, it reached 100 million views already. And as we sit today, let me see. Um, it was it was at like 170,000 views when I last looked. Or 100, 170 million views last I looked. So that's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Now... If you haven't seen it, I think it's done airing on Twitter. So you have to go watch it again. But it's a really, really good film. And I actually, we discussed this. Um, again, we discussed this on, on Thursday when I was on TimCast. So I'll play the video, talk to you about, this is what I said. This is actually what me and Tim kind of said about it because um, we were talking about the controversy because there was some censorship controversy with it and actually which caused Ella Irwin of um, Ella Irwin to quit Twitter. So which it was the head of trust and safety, which is kind of surprising. Um, I think we'll see more come out from that because Ella Irwin actually was... Um, She's been pretty good on the censorship stuff. She's gotten a lot of people that I know, like their council back and everything like that. And, and uh, yeah, but here's what I said. Here's what we said. It is a very good documentary, and I'll, I'll tell you why. One of the scenes in question that was limited, Matt Walsh is actually arguing from the perspective of trans activists yep. to the shop owner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's doing a good job as an interviewer. Mm -hmm. The interviewer says, here's how I feel about trans people. And then Matt Walsh says, but you don't, you're not a scientist. Like what, how do you know? Mm -hmm. And that he's actually taking the points to get his, re his response and reaction to it. He's not just approaching this. Like we already have our minds made up and we're going to, he actually says like, Hey, tell me what you think. I thought that was a uh, very respectable. I think the documentary was very well done. I've seen it twice now. Um, and what I really like about it though, is Matt didn't put his biases into it. I mean, it is, it's a bias, it's, sh it's shaping a narrative into one direction. But what he does is he goes into these interviews and just lets the, like the trans activists just talk and they show you who they are. And so he didn't have to like guide them in a direction. And what Tim's saying is correct. What is woman is. So, yeah, I mean, if you know, I, did a video i released a video on the first uh the night that what is a woman came out and it was i thought it was a really well done documentary now i mean if you know me and me and matt walsh have had our issues over the last year i mean he kind of came to try to ratio me um uh, actually yeah so we kind of had a little twitter Twitter spat a couple months, a couple weeks ago, but 
at the end of the day, I don't have to like Matt Walsh to, to understand that this documentary is a very good documentary, right? So, one second. So, yeah, I don't have to, you know, it's a good documentary. All he does is go out and interview people and allows them to basically tell you what they think. He doesn't push a certain narrative. He doesn't go into these um, into these interviews and say, this is what I think. And this is why you're wrong. He's not debating anybody. So, very true, Courtney. He's not really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not, so Matt Walsh isn't a likable man, but he did a great job with this piece. I don't know what type of person he actually is. I do know that he likes to go on his show and he, he basically rage baits people from that's 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 my term for it right very much um just go so there's a shock factor that comes with this and this is what you're seeing with a lot of the daily wire host i mean you see ben shapiro saying that he doesn't even think that you know people should be able to cross-dress in public um or anything like that and so he and he would use the federal government which why are a conservative going out there and saying that um, he would use the federal government? I don't think that's right. When I did a reaction video to, again, Brad Palumbo, my friend, who I'm going to be speaking at Freedom Fest with, I did a reaction video when he, when Brad and Michael Knowles debated. That was a very well done debate. And I think Brad did really well because, and, and a lot of what he pointed out was like, if you want the government to do this to trans people, like take away, you know, basically there's been a lot of talk. We should take away trans people's rights to own a firearm because they're mentally ill. Right. But the whole point is, is then what's to say, what's, what's the government to say that, you know, being conservative is not a mental illness. And then trying to take conservatives' guns away, like that's what's going to happen. And so when you t when you, when you push for this, that's that's what goes down this road. So I think that's what the Daily Wire, a lot of their hosts do. They have some good hosts over there, like Brett Cooper is great. Um, and, and so there's some people over there that I that I can respect, but but yeah, I. Again, going back to this documentary, it was it was very well done. I I have no issues with it. And like it hit a hundred million views. Now, if you know the background of this though, it was really interesting. Like the big the biggest stuff stuff though, too, is like was the Twitter feud between Daily Wire CEO Jeremy Boring, which actually, if you saw a picture, there's a picture of me and uh, Josie, the redhead libertarian who I had on the show a couple weeks ago, she was on Timcast with me. We're holding some of Jeremy's chocolate, and it's kind of hilarious because I'm holding the he him chocolates because they have nuts. Get it? <laughs> but uh, so I mean, and it's actually really good chocolate. So you guys know Jeremy's chocolate is really good. But so Jeremy was talking. I mean, basically, tw they had a deal with Twitter to air. Um, they had they had a deal to air the the sh the movie for 24 hours and but the twitter team basically said we'd like to like can we get a pre-ordered copy of the movie so that we can then so that we know how to really push um like how how we can promote the movie like what's the best route to promote the movie just knowing what it is after they viewed the movie they said it, they basically started tagging everything with like hate speech claims and like saying that they were not going to promote it. they weren't going to censor they weren't going to take it off but it was 
that they had suppressed it instead of promoting that they ended up suppressing it. And so what that, it was like the exact opposite. And then they said it was like they're under the policy of freedom of speech, not reach, um, which then got Elon Musk involved. And what was really interesting is then Elon Musk said everything, this is, this is a mistake. You, you know, you, it shouldn't have these warning labels on it. It was interesting because one of the warning, like they said that it was over misgendering. And when you're talking about misgendering instances of misgendering, and again, this is Jeremy Boring who said it was over instances of misgendering. But when you're talking about misgendering, Twitter bought, or Elon Musk bought Twitter because the Babylon Bee was censored for misgendering and so for them to censor this movie because of misgendering it seems a little bit you know a little bit counter to the whole reason why elon musk bought twitter now elon has come out and actually what really boosted the views on this was elon musk tweeted the video himself and said every parent should watch this so there's a lot going on with Twitter with this, but if you haven't seen the video, haven't seen the movie, um, definitely go watch it. Um, yeah, go watch it. I think it's I think it's perfect for anyone. Now, if you remember, the first time I watched this, actually the second time I watched this movie, so I've seen it twice. I did the reaction video the first time, so you can actually go through and see what I saw the night that it was posted. I posted a reaction video to the to the video. But then this was the first time that Eventbrite censored me. So Eventbrite had, um, we were, I was supposed to do a screening. I did. So we did a screening event in Richmond, Virginia, where we were going to screen the, vi screen the movie and then do a reaction, you know, like have a panel discussion about the movie. Um, this is actually when Matt Walsh mentioned me by name on his show because I was supposed to take part in this conversation and Eventbrite took our listing down. So Eventbrite is not for everyone, as they say, but um, only if you go with their narrative. That was the second time. The last event was uh, the one in Pennsylvania with me and Chloe Cole. They, they took that one. Or no, no. The one in Wisconsin with me and Chloe Cole, they took that one down um, as well. But that was after the fact. So they tried to censor me a couple times. So Eventbrite's not very good either. So um but yeah so i i think it was a, a very well done film even if i'm not a huge fan of matt walsh so um we have our differences but who doesn't it's all good um but now let me see which kind of leads into the next one though too because talking about like pride and pride merch right so what people don't realize because if you saw last week like target's been kind of getting uh boycotted because well it makes sense they had like tuck friendly under or they had tuck friendly bathing suits and stuff like that um and then I wrote an article on Friday. Let me see. Where is this article? So I did an article. Okay. So this was one of them. So Target launches their pride wear for cats and dogs. I don't really care. I don't know if, if anybody else... I, you know, I'm not, I'm not so like against like rainbow wear, um, as we talked about on Timcast actually on Friday, that's, we were talking about like the rainbow is like the covenant of God. So, and it's like the LGBT is like taking that away from, from them. But what I will say is the problem is in this sentence right here, we proudly support the LGBT Q plus community with a $200,000 donation to 
glisten or g-l-s-e-n um celebrate the spirit of pride with your pet so this is what i said on friday on timcast let me see pull this up the bud light sponsored an lgbtq event and a pride parade just after yeah. after the shit show yes i'm surprised <laughs> they have but this is the thing is a lot of people are waking up to is all this stuff has been going on for years. It was the Mulvaney effect pushed it into the mainstream. Like Bud Light, Coors Light, all these companies have always had like rainbow cans for pride events and all this other stuff. And it's never been an issue until this year. And now you're seeing it with all these, all these organizations. We talked about, there was a, uh, I wrote an article today. It was about PetSmart. So PetSmart has dog toys and all this stuff that's prize stuff which really i don't care if you put a rainbow flag on a on a dog toy or anything like that you want to, you're a dog owner you and you're gay or lesbian or or bi or whatever i don't really care if they do that but the hidden meaning behind it is then they also said that they gave two hundred thousand dollars to glisten what is mm. glisten i've been hearing about it they are an organization that basically promotes teachers keeping secrets from parents in school. So they that's like their biggest advocacy is working with governments to ensure that that's happening so that, you know, children have autonomy in classrooms from parents. And so teachers can keep those secrets and that's what they're pushing. So they're pushing the gender ideology onto the, onto school. So when you're supporting somebody like something like PetSmart, Kohl's, Target, who have been donating millions to this comp to this organization, that's what you're supporting. So, yeah that is what you're supporting. So when you look at, again, you look at PetSmart, who donates millions to this organ, or I think they, they only don't, they donated 200,000 to the organization. Glisten, that is like their whole thing is they are pushing gender ideology in schools. So while, again, I have no issue, and I think a lot, see, I think this is where a lot of conservatives are missing the point of a lot of this stuff is I have no issues. If you want to celebrate pride, go ahead. If you want to, you know, wear rainbow stuff, go ahead. I have rainbow stuff. I, I used to celebrate pride. I, it used to be, it used to be one of those things, but when you start to see that, organizations that these that these companies are are propping up organizations and really when you look at it um they use their what is it their virtue signaling during pride i mean if this was really about gay pride acceptance and all that stuff all these organizations would have pride wear year round they wouldn't need to do it just for June. They would have, you know, they would be supporting pride year round. But they don't do that. Um, they virtue signal to their audience during pride. And what's really interesting about all of this. So as Bud Light switch back to try to like about like not you know kind of distance themselves from the Mulvaney effect and as target you know removed all the pride stuff from their stores the left has attacked them because the left has even been saying the last few years that this like the corporatization of pride is simple is is you know evil capitalism cap like taking advantage of them and so, I mean, whether you're for capitalism like I am, I'm a full capitalist, or you're against capitalism like they are, they realize that these major organizations are literally just virtue signaling to try to make money. Um, they don't really believe this stuff. Um, and so they keep pushing it. So Wyoming girl says, I'm a conservative Christian. I don't care if people want to celebrate pride. Rainbow stuff, okay. The rainbow just means something different to me. It's the kid stuff I have a problem with. And that's kind of where I think everybody is right now. 
Um, like I said, I, I, I think a lot of us are looking to take the rainbow flag back. Um, you know, the progress flag is what they're using now, which is the one with like the chevron on the end. And that like wedge is so indicative of what's actually happening. It's like the queer theory and CRT taking over the rest of the community. Like that is what it's enveloping it all. Um, and thank you for the, the super sticker, Wyoming girl. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just simply, it's kind of amazing where, we, where we've gone with this. Um, so I know right now, actually, the Gays Against Rumors organization is doing a um, why I, I'm done with pride event um, videos. We're all kind of sending in videos for why we're actually, you know, fed up with pride and why we're, why we're not doing it anymore. And this is really it. Um, I mean, that's the thing is like here in Atlanta. So I live in Atlanta. We don't celebrate pride in June. Our pride is in October and it's the largest pride that deals with international coming out day. So again, it's just another day. So I don't even know what we're protesting anymore. We got gay marriage. We got all this other stuff. So like, um, what are we fighting against anymore? It doesn't make, I, I don't know. I like a party. And that's why I've always kind of said about Atlanta pride, at least is it's, it's always kind of been just more of a party and not like some ultra political event. Actually our log cabin chapter had a, a pride booth last year we were the first time the first time we've ever had a booth at pride for our log cabin chapter to try to get some and we've had some we had some really good conversations with some people who were interested in hearing what we had to say from people on the right it was great um it's like we can protect children from all this stuff and then um you know it, yeah Try doing live streams of Timcast IRL while while it's going on in your channel. Actually, what's interesting is I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode last time. The reason why I set this show from seven to eight is so that it was before Timcast. I don't want to back up to. I don't want to overlap with with Tim's show because. And I know you're saying to you know live stream his show and 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 talk about it, but. I don't want to take away from Tim's viewership. Um, and I also, you know, I also know that if you guys watch me beforehand, you know, I will, you know, you kick it over and you, you have time to go over to watch Tim's show. So um, hope, I'm hoping to build an audience to where we do have a lot of people that cross platforms or cross over. So I have, you know, a lot of Tim's followers would follow me and, you know, you y'all can follow Tim if you want. That's why I kind of don't. I wouldn't do something like that. I don't think. But yeah. So moving on, talking about crazy pride, though. Um, so West Hollywood Pride. I've been seeing a lot of stuff coming out about West Hollywood Pride this weekend. So really crazy stuff. But there was a person and. I, they go by Zodiac Rose. They were arrested for, uh, they were arrested at Hollywood pride. Um, and this was what was really interesting because, and again, if you've heard me talk, it's like, so I said, Trantifa is looking for their trans Floyd because they tried to make this about homophobia instead of what it was really about. So here's the video. At Pride, oh my god. This is He was laughing at something homophobic. He was being homophobic. He was laughing at a liberation fight. I told him he shouldn't be there. I told him that he no cops at Pride. And then they're detaining me. I only said three, four words. And they snuck up four on him. Words. 
Did you see that? They snuck up on him. My name is Zodiac Rose. I did nothing wrong. So yeah, that's not the whole story. So obviously, apparently, so what they said is that they were trying to claim that the officers made fun of their sign and they said, you shouldn't be here. They don't think cops should be at Pride at all. Um, all that type of stuff. Because again, they're, they are Antifa. They're Trantifa. But that's not the whole story. So back in April, on April 15th, this Zodiac Rose allegedly stole a cell phone and started stomping on it. And there was a, a warrant issued for their arrest on May 31st. So, and quite ironically, there's video of it. With other, actually, in other videos, that person that's wearing like the tan stuff, um, that 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 person that's wearing the tan stuff actually punches this person in the face out of nowhere, like sucker punches them in the face. I don't know why. I don't know if they have a warrant for their arrest yet, but they should. Um, they punch that person in the face, and that's what happens. And so the police said they saw this person at the pride event. Um, and that's why they were arrested. It wasn't to do with homophobia or what they said. Um, the other person was placed under arrest for actually interfering with an arrest. So it was one of those, um, obstruction charges. So, Let me see. Um, Yeah, Abby Nicole Thomas is the other person who intervened during police. So so this person's name is actually Hunter Lee Darling, who's 24 24 years old, also known as Zodiac Rose. Um, They were arrested at the uh, West Hollywood Pride Festival on Saturday with his friend Abby Nicole Thomas, who intervened with police while they placed him under custody. Um, he was actually charged with robbery, vandalism, and battery for the in, for the uh, for the incident that I just showed you. So, um, but again, they they try to say that these were like chump, chumped up charges and and all this. They they didn't. They're they're trying to say that it's not real charges. They literally just booked this person because um, because they were homophobic and they you know challenged them when they were being homophobic. Um, which again, on April 15th, the person stomped on, on their stuff. The reason why, the only reason why, actually, so this person, let me see if I can play this video. Hi guys, little update from Pride. I wish it was all Less than five minutes later, a group of officers, why Zodiac was being arrested. Instead of answering her, the police tackled her to the ground as well, ripping her earring out in the process. Several onlookers then started asking why these people were being arrested. About four minutes into the scuffle, the police finally stated that Zodiac Rose had a warrant out for their arrest. Mind you, the police had been up and down patrolling and seen Zodiac Rose for at least two hours prior to this. And they were at the protest defending the elementary students in North Hollywood yesterday. At no time before this did the police attempt to serve this so-called warrant on. So basically they're saying that they don't think that they, they actually had a warrant for the rest um, because they had seen this person multiple times and didn't arrest them prior to this. 
or the police were not trying to make a scene at Pride or at any of these events. And so they were letting this person kind of go, you know, give them the opportunity to possibly turn themselves in after they knew that they had a warrant for their arrest. Um, What's really interesting is that she mentions the, uh, the elementary school. So the day before there was a pride event at an L- at, a, at a local elementary school where Antifa or Trantifa and other far left agitators showed up because there was a, another group that was protesting the event. And so they, a fight actually broke out. So they're saying like they were at the event yesterday where a fight broke out. Like seriously, like here's the thing. And what's interesting is they can't like call them. I don't know what they're going to call them, what they're going to do with that, because like the parents there are were Armenian. Like they weren't just like they can't call them like racist or they're, they're also part of a protected class. So I don't know. What's the left going to do there? I don't know. It's interesting. But what really tells me that this was not that this was an actual warrant and that that's what they were arrested for was um, when I wrote this on Saturday. So um, Darling had been not yet been released, had been still sitting in jail and bail was set to one hundred thousand dollars. That's a large bail amount for 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 what it was. Right. I mean, and so. The other person that was obstructing was released. So Thomas was released and only had a $10,000 bail. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to say that it wasn't that, that this person really did have, you know, a warrant for their arrest. Um, you know, you can't steal people's phones. And then you can't like destroy their phones because you don't like what they have to say. Um, that's kind of obstruction, and that's um, you know, it's kind of against the law. It is battery, like it's assault. Like you can't you can't do these types of things. Yet the left gets away with them so much, like stealing stealing stuff, assaulting people. They get away with this stuff all the time. And so why wouldn't they think that they would just get away with this? I'm glad that this person was arrested. This person is obviously a violent activist that should be arrested. But, yeah. I do want to switch directions because I don't want to make this um, this entire episode just about pride stuff right um so this was actually a really weird report yesterday that i was i was reading let me see um so this was a weird report yesterday so there was a so a loud boom over DC. Um, apparently, what had happened was a U.S. Air National Guard jet went supersonic. And if you know, when you go supersonic, you break the sound barrier, it creates a loud boom. Um, and it was like right over DC yesterday. Um, what was really interesting about this though, is the reporting afterwards. So at first, um, you see 
they had report like they were reporting that the Air National Guard was in the process of conducting air defense drills over the Chesapeake Bay. Um, and they were allowed to, and they were authorized to go supersonic during these drills, but they didn't let anybody know, like they didn't, they didn't let anybody know that they were allowed to go supersonic and so that there might be a loud boom. Now living on military installations, I, 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 which I've done, I, you know, you hear explosions all the time. So like a sound loud boom would not probably phase me, but it would, if I was living in DC and didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but then reports started to get a little bit weird from there. Um, yeah, reports started to get really weird because then it said that a Cessna was flying into the area and it was the Air National Guard was responding and they had clearance to go supersonic to report to respond to the Cessna who was ignoring radio queries and was on a, you know, basically had entered into restricted airspace, um, which, and then they reported that the Cessna crashed near in Virginia. Like, I don't know what happened here. The conspiracy theorist in me wants to, wants to really like dive into this. Um, Okay, so the plane crashed with five people on it. That's sad. That's really sad. Um, but what actually happened? Did the plane actually crash? Or did the Air National Guard actually shoot it down because it was in restricted space and it wasn't responding? I don't know. I don't. I question the official reports of what's happening, um, which will probably get me kicked off YouTube. Like I do just about every week, but it's, it's all good. Like, I don't know what's going on in YouTube. Just so you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is what I believe. Like, I just don't know. It just seems there is something weird happening when they are saying that these jets are moving you know, the initial reports are that they were conducting, you know, training and were authorized to go supersonic and which created the boom. And then there was, then it's reported that there's a crash in the mountains after the response, but there's no, there's no like follow up there. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, um, I mean, did the did the did something happen to the pilot? I mean, the only other thing I can think of is like something happened to the pilot of this plane and it was just like gliding into DC airspace. It, like was it gliding into DC airspace because the pilot had like a heart attack or something and one of the other passengers tried to take control but they didn't know what they were doing because they don't they're not pilots. I don't know. But there's just something really weird about this report. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so I, I saw that they were saying that the pilot was unresponsive and wasn't responding to like radio calls and stuff like that. Which if he got too close to DC. They think they all passed out. That's interesting. So they all passed out and it was just gliding. It turned into a glider and just downed itself. What, I mean, maybe the engine bay started leaking like poisonous fumes into the cockpit. And yeah, O2 problems. Cessna isn't a, isn't hard to pile. I've done it with without training or, or a license. Yeah, I mean the Cessna seems like it's an easy plane to fly. I've done it in you know like flight simulators and stuff. Um, it's a slow plane, so it's not like you're just like flying at like supersonic speeds, you know. <laughs> it's just a really I don't know. 
I have my questions about it when I when I, when I heard about it, but it's really sad either way. But um, yeah, you think so? You think there was okay? Let's see. Um, Depressurized cabin, passed out, autopilot, headed back to the original location when landing didn't occur. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've, I've kind of heard. Like, a car is faster than a Cessna. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, either way, it's a it's a sad report, and um, you know, obviously, prayers to the family there. Um, let me see. I have a couple more stuff on the docket, but we are starting to come come towards the end of the stream. Let me see. Which one do I want to run? Kind of in tune with um talking politics this was another um actually yeah let's do this so going back to what i said on uh on tim cast on on thursday if you don't know like politicians um, age limits, um, I think could help a lot of what we're dealing with in the country today because I, I here, I'll, I'll play the clip of what we, what we talked about. But I, I mean, yeah. what you said earlier, I think that you, there should be an age limit to when you can run for president, run for Congress, everything like that. I mean, there's, who is it? Is it? The congresswoman, Diane Feinstein, yes, yep. who was wheelchaired into the. She looks like the crib keeper. And she asked Kamala Harris, "What are you doing up here?" Yeah. When she was speaking, <laughs> when she was presiding over the Senate, she's there to check a box. <laughs> I mean, yep. I mean, wow. and she's just. She, I mean, she doesn't know what she's doing there yet. She's casting votes. Yes. I, it, at the least, a grip strength test of grip strength, because that's like an indication of muscular atrophy. If you... so, we were talking about Joe Biden falling, um, which again is like, and he. The fall wasn't that bad, but when he, yeah, it's pure. This is actually what I had mentioned. It, uh, you know what they're doing to Biden is is elder abuse at this point. After he fell, and they couldn't like pick him up. Uh, Desiree, I'm not. I'm not so much into. I mean, actually, I I do agree with term limits for sure. But I think once you, I mean once you're over the age of sixty five, once you're in like retirement age. And you're towards the end of your life. Like this is my biggest fear with like somebody like Joe Biden or something like that is anybody who's like towards the end of their life and they're making they're they're voting on these principles, right? They end up like they have no they have no incentive to they have no incentive to do the right thing, right? Because they're not going to have to live under the legacy that they create. They're not going to have to live under the socialism after it destroys the economy. And so 65 years old is, is a, I think, you know, once you, once you hit retirement age, then you can. Yeah, I, I think that once you hit retirement age, there's no reason for you to continue into Congress because of mental decline. Um, but like when we watched, I mean, we watched a video of, of Trump and Trump's still on point. Like Trump, um, Trump's witty. Um, and is, I mean, I have my own thoughts about him. I'm not endorsing Trump at all at this point, but he's still witty. He's whole, he's funny. Um, when he gets on, on rolls sometimes, you know? Um, but like, even Tim was like, even Trump was weird. Like with, with how old Trump was when he, when he took control, you know, I don't think our, I think that 
is like even with like when you talk about voting and all this other stuff it's like when you have skin in the game you then you actually have you have incentive to do the right thing as, as you get towards the end of your life then you just want to leave a legacy and and you don't have to deal with the aftermath of that legacy so that's what i think about that um So, yeah, so, and then the last kind of thing, too, kind of playing with the, uh, a lot of what we've been talking about with, with pride. So, Jordan Peterson and Elon Musk were, uh, had, a, had a thing on Twitter, and both of them were slamming gender-affirming care. Um who was it? I don't remember who it was. One of them, and this was piece was written by Libby, um, who was on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, it was so Elon Musk said, "Gender affirming care for minors is pure evil," and I agree. I mean, it's not affirming. Um, oh, and then yeah, so. Uh, Somebody that I, I like and and we talk a little bit is the rabbit hole had talked about gender affirming care to where Elon Musk said it's, it means castration. Which, yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, whether physically or chemically, gender affirming care means castration. Um. Which again, I probably just got kicked off of YouTube for that. I meant to just go to Rumble with this one. Oh well. If you guys see me on here tomorrow, it'll be good. If not, it's been a good last episode. <laughs> I'll be on Rumble. <laughs> but that, yeah, so there was this. Um, let me see. I think I have. Um, I have a video of Jordan Peterson that I'll kind of close it out with. Yeah, here we go. Talking about this. Um, and this well, is, until they were 18. First of all, um, this the is, best thing to do with kids. Stop. Um, but yeah, it's been a good episode. Good last episode. <laughs> no, I'll be on Rumble if you guys, if I, if, if I do get banned from YouTube. But um So here's what um, Jordan Peterson said about the issue. Kids with body dysmorphia was to just leave them the hell alone till they were 18. And the reason for that was, well, first of all, the first reason was that about 80% of them ended up gay. And so part of the reason they were bodily dysmorphic when they were very young is because they were homosexual. And there was some tension between their emerging sexual proclivity and their and their biological reality at least in contrast to what was normative 80 percent of them would grow up to be gay so and that's not that surprising really is it that hyper feminine little boys who are that way by temperament are going to grow up to be homosexual and on the other side the female front that the hyper masculine girls are going to be grow up butchy and more likely to be attracted to girls. I don't think that's a real surprise to anybody. But the fact that it's 80% is quite the statistic. And what that means is that 80% of the kids who are being transformed surgically are gay. And so if there's a genocide, so to speak, and, and there isn't, but if there's a case of mass abuse of the gay community, the most egregious examples of those mass that mass abuse is occurring at the hands of the trans activists. First, and that kind of leads into what you're saying, Jen McMahon, who says like how different is affirming to enabling. It's kind of exactly what he's saying. You know, um, the most egregious abusive abuses are coming from the community because. 
when it persists into adulthood, that is when you kind of, when those numbers, those 80% numbers drop more. I think it's after the age of 20 that those numbers actually drop. But I think it's actually 88. So 88% end up detransitioning or desisting by the age of 20. So they kind of grow out of it by that point. And so why would you continue to affirm and push these types of things in kids? Doesn't make any sense. We need to protect children. Um, let kids grow. And when a person, again, when it persists into adulthood, then we can talk about, you know, what the best option is for them. But, you know, which kind of brings us the, the, the episode back full circle to what we let off with in Louisiana. I am happy that these states are doing stuff like this. It goes against some of my libertarian nature for to be pushing the state to do this stuff. But right now we do not live in a society where we are protecting children. And so at the very least government has a responsibility in the system that we have to protect children. And so I am happy that states are stepping up and doing that. The states that aren't, I think that you're going to see a lot of lawsuits that are going to then de-incentivize um, the transition of minors. Um, and Adrian T says this is happening because of gender ideology. Pure simple. No, you're right. Gender ideology has pushed to make it trendy to be trans. Again, goes back to why I'm wearing this hat. Transgender is an umbrella term that means that anything that does not, that if you don't align with your given sex, with your sex, then you are trans. But that's not what trans is. Trans is transsexual to where you actually have gender dysphoria diagnosed and you take the steps medically to transition to the opposite sex and live your life, you know, and try to blend into society as the opposite sex. That's not what we're seeing. We're seeing something more like, I mean, the trans community is more like the goth community of when I was going, growing up. Right. And, and, and the difference again, I, I mentioned this when I did my video, my reaction video to Brad and, um, So I did, yeah, my reaction video to Brad and Michael Knowles, you know, I, I discussed the difference. So gender ideology is the idea that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man or a male can transition their sex. But that's just simply not true. You can't change, you can't change your sex. I will always be a male. I am a trans woman, which is a subsection of men. Um, and that's okay to say. Like, why can't we admit that? Um, which brings a lot of nuances to the discussion. And actually, if again, if you go and watch the after show on Thursday, um, me and Tim talked about these conversations, like these nuances. And we came to some understandings there. It was actually really beneficial. Um, and so I wish I could show y'all like the whole after show because uh, it was really, really good. And I am a member over at Timcast. Um, and so I've rewatched it, but I just can't. So we've hit the top of the hour. I want to thank y'all for joining me tonight um continuing to support my work i think we had more live viewers than i've seen on this show yet so thank you so much for being here listening to what i had to say thank you for the super chats and everything tonight and um if you don't already coming in at the buzzard <laughs> chen mcmahon we should call we should call it what it is in regards to minor transition, enabling care. No, you're right. We are enabling their other 
mental illnesses that they should be um, getting help for. Because too often we are seeing other comorbidities take precedence, right? So we are seeing a lot of people with autism that are transitioning. We are seeing a lot of people that have anxiety and depression and everything like that. Actually, if you know, like me and me and uh, Richie, Richie Heron, who is a tulip on Twitter, me and Richie have had our differences over the years, but I just wrote a piece of, um, because Richie's trying to get them to do some, um, get them to look into what's happening to like in the care for adults in the UK. And I'm always open to um, more research into stuff. I'd like to see like how these doctors are manipulating patients, even adults. Um, I learned some stuff about Richie's story that I didn't know before. And so go over there and, and, and read on human events and read, um, read what they're, what they're doing over there because it's really, it's really empowering. And enabling care is absolutely right you're enabling what a child is telling you instead of pushing back um and questioning it and so it's it's really difficult what we're seeing there but again if you don't already go subscribe to me over on twitter it's an instagram it's sarah higdon with an underscore um all my links are in the description. And actually, if you want to read any of these articles that we've talked about today, just read the articles in full. Um, I didn't put the uh, I didn't put the breaking story in there, but all the other articles are in the description. Follow me across all social media platforms. Subscribe. I'm hoping to get Twitter subscriptions up pretty soon. Um, also, if you subscribe to the Post Millennial, we have some subscriptions. And so I will be doing some probably behind the scenes content for them as well. Um, but it's just, it's just really good. And so just, yeah, you can subscribe here. You can subscribe to the Substack. You can, there. I mean, I'm going to be trying to put content everywhere, but honestly, go subscribe, go follow me on rumble. I'm serious about this because um, yeah, if I get banned off YouTube, rumble is going to be the only place you're going to be able to find me. So well, and then Twitter and all these other places, but you know what I mean. So follow me across all social media platforms and I will see y'all next time. Thank you.